We have um, we've been in this uh, conversation the last several weeks looking at the idea of change. It's it's a new year and a lot of people are saying, look, I don't want to carry that with me all year long. So we've been looking at change. And one of the things we we discovered very quickly is that is that a lot of people want to make changes, but uh people who who try to change by way of a new year's resolution usually aren't very successful. And <clears throat> so we we asked instead, well what what does our faith have to offer us if we're looking for change? And we saw that change is important. Change is actually essential to to a life of faith as a Christian. And we also saw that um, the 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 way we change um, is we we focus on our end. Our our goal is to become like Christ. The the idea is that is that um, if we if we aim for heaven. We will get earth thrown in. So, as as one writer put it, so stay focused on the goal, which is Jesus. And um, if we focus on on heaven, we will get earth thrown in. The particular things that we're trying to change, you know, a, a bad habit, or you know, sort out our finances, or whatever whatever it is that we keep the end in mind, and, and the 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 stuff in the middle will take care of itself. And that's what we're going to talk about today is, is the earth that's thrown in, the stuff in between. So, so we're going to talk about that. <clears throat> and the, the question for us is what does that look like, right? We, we've got the target. We believe change is possible. So what does it actually look like to change? And the answer is it looks more like a penguin than like a roadrunner. So, <laughs> so I grew up watching cartoons and, uh, uh, this is the roadrunner, the Velocitus Incredibilis. So, um, Many of you are familiar with the Roadrunner. Um, I grew up in New Mexico, so I know Roadrunners don't actually look like that. They look like that. The the Roadrunner is the state bird of New Mexico, so I recognized it. But you'll notice what, what the Roadrunner has there is he's got a big stride. And people in Alaska know that that doesn't always work, right? This time of year, you, you want to be careful about how big your stride is. You want to be more like a penguin. Because they kind of just take little steps and they don't fall over very often. If you try to run around like a roadrunner, you will you will fall over. So try to take little steps like a penguin. That's what we're going to talk about today. Is we're going to talk about taking little steps um, like a penguin. So <clears throat> so um, we're going to be looking at uh, the passage of um, the the scripture here from from uh, Luke. It says John, I think, in the in the program, but it's really Luke. So um, all right, so. <clears throat> the uh, the slide person is being very aggressive, and um, so I can actually control them today. So just back me up, okay? If I miss something, then you can you can uh, move forward. So, all right. So we are going to be looking at Luke, not John, uh, chapter three, and uh, starting in verse seven. And um, uh, so. Uh, we're, we're reading about John the Baptist. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness and people from all over the Holy Land came out to be baptized by him. So, um, so we pick things up in verse seven. It says, um, John said to the crowds who came to be baptized by him, you children of snakes, who warned you to escape from the angry judgment that is coming soon? Now, um, I know <clears throat> we, we kind of have a picture of a, uh, a kinder and gentler uh, Jesus, and so we're struggling with words like the angry judgment. But but the idea here, this is the translation for the wrath of God. So he's saying, "Who warned you to flee from the wrath?" And um, people people struggle with the idea of wrath. So I just want to say this, right? We are in a series talking about change. The idea is there's there's something we don't like, 
and that that the 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 big idea of wrath is neither does God. That if that if we are sensitive enough to know it's not good, then so is God. So God is opposed to things that are that are wrong even more than we are. And the 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 big idea we've talked about before is the idea that there's two ages. This is the age we're in and there's troubles, there's violence and war and so forth, and there's the age to come. When Jesus returns, he completes the work of, of redemption and uh, that age, the age of the resurrection, will have none of those things in it. All the things that, as, as the song says, there won't be any crying or sighing or dying in the age to come. So all of those good things will be there, but none of the bad. And so the wrath of God is the idea that at some point, those bad things are going to be filtered out. And it can be before then, or or it can be when Jesus returns. So if you don't like something, neither does God. That is what the wrath of God is all about. So what John says is, produce fruit that shows you have changed your heart and lives. So the, the, the language here, change your hearts and lives, that's a great translation. It's for the word repent, which we never use, right? You know, you use repent when... You know, when you're in church and probably never any other time. So, so they've used ordinary words. This change your hearts and lives. And the idea there is that if you change what's on the inside, then, then, uh, you will produce the fruit just naturally. It will grow out of you. If you, if you were transformed today into a banana tree, you would produce bananas. If you were transformed into an orange tree, you would produce oranges. He says, once the change happens, then you will produce fruit. And if you aren't producing fruit, that's a sign that the change hasn't happened. Now, the next couple of verses, he's he's saying, people people are saying, well, look, I don't need to change. I'm grandfathered in. And he says, yeah, well, it's true. You're a child of, of uh, your, your Abraham is your is your ancestor, but God uh, was the one who made Abraham Abraham. So that doesn't impress God. God can make uh, children of Abraham out of these stones. And then he does this little pep talk, motivational pep talk. He says, uh, the axe is the root of the trees. He says, we don't know when that new age is going to begin, right? The axe is at the foot of the tree. It could happen today. So he says, you need to get started on this. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on that because we're starting from the assumption that there are parts of our lives that we want to change, that there are, you know, this is about how do we, how do we do New Year's resolutions that work? And so, so, um, John is really spending a lot of time trying to motivate people, but but I want to skip over that um, and go straight on to what he says to do. Right? The crowds ask him, "Okay, what do we do? How do we? How do we? How do we change? Right? What's between us and our target? Right? There's Jesus. The new age is coming. We want to change. What do we do?" And John says, "Whoever has two shirts must share with the one who has none. Whoever has food must do the same." And tax collectors. Tax collectors, even tax collectors. So why is it even tax collectors? The reason is because the sinners didn't want the tax collectors lumped in with them, right? If I'm in that crowd, I can say, all right, uh, I'm a bad person, right? You know, I snapped at my wife, I kicked my dog, right? I'm not a good person, but don't include any tax collectors in with me. Because the tax collectors were, the, the way the system worked is, is you, you bid on a franchise. You got the tax collecting franchise in this area. And then you gave your money to, to Rome, right? And then your job was to make it back. And if you made it back plus a little bit extra, 
so much the better. So, so people, there was a, the, the system was, was a practically a guarantee that people would cheat. The tax collector would, would say, all right, I gotta get my, you know, I gotta make my nut, and then I wanna make a little bit more. And so he'd be squeezing people as much as he could. So, and he's doing this all in the service of a corrupt foreign government. So, <clears throat> that, that doesn't know God, a, a p- pagan foreign government at that. So, so people don't like tax collectors. Even, even less than sinners, they don't like tax collectors. And so even tax collectors came to be baptized. He said to them, teacher, uh, they said to him, teacher, what you would do? And he said, collect no more than you're authorized to collect. And soldiers said, okay, well, we're not just, uh, you know, helping out a, a corrupt foreign government. We are the corrupt foreign government. We're actually the ones enforcing its will. We're the, we're the tip of the spear here in Judea or Galilee. We are actually the ones who are the muscle for Rome. He says, what about us? And he says, don't cheat or harass anyone and be satisfied with your pay. So that's what he says to do. And um, what I want to point out, so I, I'm going I'm to unpack that a little bit, but, but the big idea, this is, this is John's program. He says, this is the way you should behave. This is, this is what you do to bear fruit. And what I want to point out is that, first of all, it's very practical. Like I told the children, it's, it's not, you have to get, guess, you know, uh, you know, I'm not transparent to myself. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm the world's best liar and I'm also the most gullible person ever. I tell, I tell myself all kinds of things about how good I am, right? And he says, no, you don't have to guess where you're at with, with, with bearing fruit. He says, it's practical. You can look at it. It's not like, I think, you know, me and God, you know, we're, we're like this. Uh, you know, God, God approves of me. God smiles every time he sees me because I'm so wonderful. I don't have to try and gauge that because I can look at the practical results of, of my life. I can look at the people around me. And in, um, in his letter, uh, the first letter of John, the apostle John says, yeah, that's a reliable indicator of, of your relationship with God too. That that's like a gauge you can study to understand how you're, how you are with God. He says, anyone who claims to love God and hates his neighbor is fooling himself. He says, the way that, that if you, if you don't love your neighbor whom you can see, then how can you possibly love God who you can't see? So, so it's a reliable indicator. He says, these are practical things you can actually see if you're doing them or not. So the next thing is, look who he says it to. He says it to the crowds. So that's the people from Judea and, uh, uh, Galilee, just the ordinary, run-of-the-mill people that you would you would come across. And then the tax collectors, I talked about them. Nobody liked the tax collectors. And if the tax collectors are in a, a unique category as worse than sinners, then soldiers are beyond the pale. They are whatever's worse than tax collectors. And the point that John is making is that is that anybody can change. This is not just limited to some people with, you know, the right parentage or the right, you know, upbringing. It's not about uh, what what uh, uh, ethnic group you belong to. Um, everybody has the opportunity to change. Everybody can change, whether you're just kind of the ordinary person with a bad habit or you are seriously compromised. Anyone can change. The other thing is that notice everybody's got something to change, right? He doesn't say, well, you're, you're, you're just a member of the crowd. You're fine. You know, I'm going to focus on these tax collectors over here, right? He says, you've got things you can change too. Right? So everybody has things they can change. There's no occupation that isn't a subject to temptation. So, so everybody, um, it, everyone can change and everyone needs to change. 
And then with that, let's look at what he actually says. So, so we heard about the different categories of people. And what does he say? Right? It's so easy, right? You know, he doesn't say go on a pilgrimage to, to, you know, Jerusalem or Rome or, you know, crawl up on a hill on your, you know, or the, the Spanish steps on your knees. He doesn't say do any of that stuff. He, what he says is do your job. Just do your job. So he tells the um, the the um, tax collectors, uh, collect no more than you're authorized to collect. That's it. Just just do your job. Don't don't abuse your position. Don't don't abuse your authority. Just do your job. Right? People come in, take their taxes. He doesn't say you're working in a corrupt enterprise. You just need to quit and get clear of that place. He doesn't even say that. He just says do your job honestly. And he says the same thing to the soldiers. He says, don't shake people down, right? You, you know, you've got, you know, a sword and a spear or whatever, and, you know, you and your buddies can go shake down people, and nobody can do anything about it. He says, don't do that. Just just don't cheat or harass everybody. Be satisfied with what you're paid. He says, this is not hard. And and look at what he says to the to the to the ordinary, the crowds. He says, Whoever has two shirts must share with the one who has none. Whoever has food must do the same. Now, first of all, I just want to note, he says that that's the person who has none. He doesn't say, if you've got ten and they've got eight, you need to split the difference. Right? He says, if you've got, if you've got some and they are in need, then help them out. He doesn't say, by the way, that if you don't have anything, you should go in hock to help them out. He says, if you've got something to spare, then help them out. Now, it's hard for us to get our heads wrapped around this because we live in a society that is, that is so full of abundance, right? Food is cheap. Clothes are cheap. We don't, we don't, we, you know, you don't meet people who are literally without clothing. That, that, you know, there may be some, but they're pretty rare. And so it's hard for us to get our head wrapped around this. So I was trying to think, how can we relate to what it would have been like to that audience? So here's what I came up with. Um, this is not in the Bible. This is, you know, my version, but, but you're, but it's a free gift to you. So imagine this. Imagine this, okay? One night, your neighbor's house burns down. Okay? Everybody escapes. Nobody's injured. But they're standing around while the firefighters are putting the house out. They're standing around in their pajamas because they've lost everything. Okay? Now, would you go back into your house and get them a coat? That's what John is saying. He's saying, just do what's right. And not, not, you know, he's not saying make a program to ensure that nobody will ever be in need again. He's saying, right now, looking at the situation that you're facing right now, what's the right thing to do? He says, do that. What, what John is saying is that, is that, you know, we, we, our problem is we, we, we want to keep the target in mind. But we, we focus too far out. He says, no, focus right here. Right here. And then do the right thing here. Worry about, you know, worry about right now and just know you're kind of aimed in that direction. And that over time, you will become more like Christ. That, that Christ grows in the small spaces, the, the everyday, ordinary actions of life. That it's not, you know, you may someday be a great spiritual giant, but you don't get there by running around like a roadrunner. You get there with the little penguin steps by doing the right thing that's right in front of you right now. 
So that is that is the lesson. How do what is what does it look like as we're headed toward Christ? As we're as we're experiencing the new creation that is uh, that is um, uh, seeping from that that uh, coming age into our own age through us. What does that look like? The answer is it's doing the right thing right now. The thing that's in front of us. Just don't shake down these helpless Judeans. Don't rip off the people who came to your tax office. Just someone who's shivering in the cold, you've got a coat in your closet, go get it for them. Right? These are easy things to do. And he says, just do them. Because this is the place where God works. This is the place where we actually grow into Christ. So, I would sum it up this way. Children of light have to take baby steps. Or, since we're in Alaska, penguin steps. Let's pray. Father in heaven, too often, Lord, we think that we can, we can, we can get past the messy right now and, and become a better person. We've got that, that picture of what a better person is. It's usually not like Jesus. It's someplace in between. We're thinking about our job or a particular situation in our marriage or our parenting. We're thinking about something in our life that we would like to be different. And we want to experience your change that it's no longer an issue. But what you teach us is to simply do the right thing right now and let you worry about how that folds into us becoming like Christ. Help us to trust you and to help us to make those baby steps, those penguin steps. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen.